Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie. Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Just, just his commitment. Um, you know, there's, there's football justice. When you work at it, man, you generally get good things that come out of it. This is a guy that's fully committed. This is a guy that works his tail off. And largely, man, those guys create their own fortune. And, and so that's my general tenor about the trajectory of, of him and his career, um, but also in the short term. Um, it's reasonable to expect guys that work the way he works and, and prepares the way he prepares to bounce back from negative performance. Um, individually and collectively, I expect this group to do similar things. Well, that pretty much says it all, Max. I mean, here's the thing about it. You know, Kenny is not seeking comfort. None of those players are. What you're seeking is better performance. And better performance starts today as you start to navigate your way through this week's practices and get ready to prepare for the Monday night game. And that's all it is. You know, there, there's so many people are saying you got to do this, you got to do that. All you got to do is get a solid game plan and then execute it. It's really that simple, but we try to, we kind of like try to out scheme effort I try to out scheme a butt whooping and there's no schematics that can do that no there there, there are no schematics and there are no analytics that <laughs> that help that right. process um you know it comes down to what are you willing to sacrifice what are you willing to do just a little extra what's a little more discomfort to not feel uncomfortable. How about that? Ooh. Say that again. Yeah. <laughs> I said, how much more discomfort can you go through to not feel uncomfortable later? Oh, that's pretty deep. I'm still trying to figure that one out. But it, it's, it's, about, it's about doing a little bit extra, right? So that when it comes Monday night into Tuesday morning, clocks have hit zero. Right. The Cleveland Browns have, yeah. Well, no, the Cleveland Browns oh. have one score, mm-hmm. and the Steelers have another. Who's going to have? More oh, points? I should say. Okay, yep. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So it's being is is putting yourself through discomfort right now, so you're not uncomfortable at the end of that game. Man, that is heavy was. duty stuff. Way to go, Max. That's like a yeah. visit to the shrinks office. 
You know, I mean, there we go. They kind of galvanize your gourd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good indeed. See, these are the lamentations of a, of a burrito roller. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> exactly so. Thinking about that this morning as I'm rolling, as I'm making my, my girls' uh, lunches before they go to school. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Well, you oh, know, my gosh, it was yeah. great because. You got an opportunity here to rebound and rebound in a spectacular fashion on the big stage of Monday Night Football. And it's it's a great opportunity here. Look, I love what Mike Tomlin said. There's football justice. Now, what for Ooh. you? You good? <laughs> what a happened? Lightning bolt just, a lightning bolt just hit right outside my I was window. Say, Are you was, kidding me? It was not that far. It sounded like some thunder. And I was about to say, you there. heard that, right? Oh yeah, God. Wes heard it. Like, yeah. I got nervous here in Pittsburgh. Max, I thought your connection dropped or something, and then I heard you were still there, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow. What was that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that was. That's, uh, yeah. Good thing That's Wolf's not loud. there. He'd be running. Yeah, if I was there, man, I would be like, <laughs> I'd be like losing my mind because wolfleys are nothing but human lightning rods. You know, oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay, well, you're good. Well, we, we will keep you safe. We will keep you safe. Yeah, that, that, that caught me off guard. Sorry about yeah, that. that. That caught me off guard too. All right, so we got Kenny Pickett rebounding from a tough outing. And the way you do that is you get back in the lab and you reexamine what you did, how you did, what you're going to do to correct them, and you make the corrections. But then you have to execute those corrections. You have an opportunity to execute those corrections over the next several days in preparation for the run-up to Monday Night Football. And this is going to be a huge preparation time for them, Max, because they've got to make those corrections. No, they, they absolutely do. And, you know, as I looked at it, Wolf and – you know, we talk about energy and about getting into things, right? You know, whatever you're going to do, do it with your whole heart, right? Yes. And I think this was the wake-up call to get them to do it with their whole heart. I think, you know, when you when you went into the game, I think there was, there was almost an expectation mentally that they had going into this that we've rolled up all these other dudes – you know, in the preseason, if we show up and give half the effort, we should be okay. <laughs> yeah. And they found out really fast <laughs> they were not okay. It was like one of those things where it's like, it's like, nah, that's only seven feet of water. No, I can't drown in seven feet. Of water. <laughs> yes, I can't drown in seven feet of water if I don't if I don't flap my wings. <laughs> yes, you know, yes. And start to tread water, right? I right. Mean, you know, anybody? Yeah, anybody can. You can drown in three feet of water. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. but you can't go in with an expectation level that, oh, if I show up because it's that somebody else will make the play and all I have to do is just kind of, you know, do my job kind of. It's like, no, no, this, this this job requires full attention, full dedication, full buy-in against everybody right. until proven otherwise in the game. Now, when you look them in their eyes, <clears throat> it looks like their soul has left their body. <laughs> and Wolf, you and I both know we've seen that. We've oh, seen yeah. that in people before. Yes, yes. That, that's then you can you, then you can relent a little bit. You know, right? <laughs> you can yeah. you can pull back a little. Like like listen, this guy's soul is already is already gone. So <laughs> <laughs> he's just trying to make it through to where he's not injured. It's, so, it's better to say woe than sick him, right? Absolutely, absolutely, and so. 
you know, we have. I, I think this was the this was this was the wake up call, and I said it, you know, earlier this week. But glad it happened the way it did this early. Now, how do you respond? Very much so. And, you know, that takes me back again to Mike Tomlin at the top. Uh, other than our hump day. I love that. The, the camel thing that was, just, was hilarious. You know, was I just, awesome. when you see that, that camel, when he looks into the camera yeah. and, and he goes, woo woo. I love it. Yes, exactly so. Max Wolf was falling out of his chair this morning when I was oh, when I was oh, putting that sounder into the system. Oh it's man, tremendous. No, I mean, it's priceless. Hey, Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> what Julie, day is it? I know you can see me. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know you can hear me. Whatever yeah. you know. All right, so yeah. getting back to it, there's football justice, says Coach T. All right, when you work at it, you generally get good things that come out of it. This is a guy, meaning Kenny Pickett he's talking about, who was fully committed. This is a guy who was works his tail off. Largely, those guys create their own fortune. Max, what's he saying here? So what he's saying is, is that these guys are accountable to themselves and to everybody else, right? You know, and they're not going to stop doing this. They're going to be harder on themselves than I could ever be on them. There you go. And th- and they are the leaders that's going to lead these practices. Like, I, you know, as a coach, that's what you strive for, right? Especially when you pick guys as captains. Yep. Like, those are the guys that are supposed to be leading the team. I mean, some of my best teams in Pittsburgh did not need the coach to be the disciplinarian, did not need to be the motivator. It was us. We were self-motivated. We were self-competitive. We were self-aware, and we held each other accountable because there was no greater accountability than your teammate, than your peer, the other guy doing what you're doing, right? Because it's one thing from a coach's perspective, which comes as that fatherly, authoritarian type of position, but when it's the guy next to you and you're running out on the field, you're putting your hand in the pile, you're you're in the huddle together – it's a different level of accountability, right, Wolf? I right. mean, it's – yeah, you know, you, you don't want to let that guy next to you down. Exactly you know, so. The, yeah, you don't want to let your coach down, but that's a different type of, you know, feeling. Right. You know. That's, but that with, is like yeah. a, the fatherly thing. Like, you know, I don't want to yeah, let exactly. that guy – But, but oh, your teammates – shucks. I'll get him next time, yeah. Dad. But let me like, – no. Exactly <laughs> so. But here's the other thing, too. As a player, you know who's doing their deal – and who's not. When you say accountability, I just so that people know, you know who's working at it and who's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a difference. You know the guys that are putting in the time in prehab, rehab, you know, getting their ice, getting stem, getting whatever they got to get, massages, what have you. You know the guys that are doing the work in the weight room and the guys that are not doing the work in the weight room. You know the guys that go in and watch film and the guys that aren't watching any extra film other than what they get in the classroom, right? You know the guys that are going about their business in a way that says to you, I've got all the bases covered and I'm going to be ready when I line up next to you come uh, Monday night. And you know the guys that aren't if there are those guys. Because at some point in time, those guys, they get rid of those guys. Yeah, no, they absolutely do. And – like I said, players talk, coaches talk. You know, when you think somebody is not watching, they're watching. Oh, yeah. When you think they are watching, there's more eyes watching you than you think are watching you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. always someone. Unless you are at your house 
by yourself and you don't have security cameras inside your home. Nobody's watching. Uh, that's the only time. <laughs> Yeah, four walls, no windows. <laughs> <laughs> What's going but, on in that pillbox, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's like, hello, McFly, hello. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah, you know, and now with technology today, because everybody gets those iPads and the Surface tablets and everything, they now know what you're logging, watching on your iPad. There they you go. Know how many minutes, how many hours, what clips, how many times you watch those clips. So there is a constant accountability check system. But once again, if you're a professional, it shouldn't take that motivation. It shouldn't take that hand-holding or the constant pestering, tapping on the shoulder. It it shouldn't take all that, right? Well, I mean, you should be... Self-motivated to a degree. Now, there is a transition period from college to pro, you know, where you're used to having a coach on your butt or a strength coach calling you to get into the weight room or, you know, check off the list when you come in, blah, blah, blah. You're in trouble if you don't check off the list. Because I know LSU has something crazy like that where they they match guys in like little mini groups. Mm -hmm. And that's their accountability group. Okay. Guys from a bunch of different positions, right? It could be a DB with a – with a linebacker and an offensive lineman and a running back. And they're like a little pod and they're competing for points as they check off what they do. You know, whether it's the nutrition part, whether it's the workouts, whether it's study hall type, like they have this kind of weird system. Okay. Um, so I get that transition when you get from college to pro, cause it's weirder in college because you're managing school and athletics, but at the and pro you're level, managing young guys too. I mean, yeah, you're you're man you're managing young emotions and, yeah. and hormones. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, please. But you know, but but as but as but now you're a professional. This is your job. This is your profession. This is what you do, right? Spark three hundreds. He's like, excuse me, what is your profession? I'm a Paulta. <laughs> What's your profession? I'm a you know I, I'm a gardener. Uh, mm-hmm. Spartans. What are your profession? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, right. You know, yep. this is your profession. <laughs> you, you don't that's have what, another that's job. What you do? Yep. <laughs> This is what you do. So there's a different level of accountability that you must have. So when Mike Tomlin says there's football justice, he says this is a guy, again, Kenny, who works his tail off. Largely, those guys create their own fortune. And that's what you need at the helm, a captain, a guy setting the tone, setting the example, first guy in, maybe the last guy out of the building, that sort of thing. But the fact of the matter is it's like Mike talks about. There's football justice. It comes about when your preparation meets opportunity on the field and you are equipped and able to perform. And for Kenny, it wasn't a good performance. But we have seen good performance from Kenny. So I'm not worried about it. I know that he's working his tail off. I'm not worried about who's running the offense overall because I know that Kenny understands and has got the game plan and and gets it down and everything. You know, to me, the biggest thing about – the other day was a little bit wild, and uh, I think he held the ball a little too long in some cases. But, you know, you look at both interceptions, okay? You had the, the Talanoa one. That one, Warner deflected the ball. I thought it was probably not a good decision to throw the ball, but he threw the ball. And you know what? I've seen guys come through and make the play 
even when it shouldn't have thrown the ball. I mean, I was standing, I've seen Chuck Knoll standing on the sidelines looking at Bradshaw. Going, Bradshaw throws the ball to Swan in double coverage, and he's going, no, 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 no. And then Swan makes a great catch. He goes, all right. <laughs> you know, I mean, things yeah. happen <laughs> like that, you know. The uh, yeah, second yeah, one was DJ's. He slips. Yeah, he, yeah. You know, now the only thing I will say about this, I, I – I don't understand how you can be at home and not know the turf, so you're not losing gription. You know what I mean? Well, the problem was Pitt played on it the day before. Right, but San Fran didn't have the same problems. Like, they had the the seven-toed cleats rather than the shark bottoms or something. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I did see some guys slip in San Fran, but – you're right. It was definitely not as many as Pittsburgh. Not at least um, key. Like, you think about Pat Pete. Pat Pete, you know, yeah. well, that's another thing, you know, but we, we can talk about that probably in, in the next one. But it, even Pat Pete, okay, what the heck. Pat Pete goes out and says, there's tells. Well, you know what? Every offensive mm. defense does have some tells. Mm. But why why put it out there and put it on yourself? <laughs> because you got to know that they're going to kind of put a little asterisk by that quote and maybe go after you. Not that Pat Bulletin couldn't stand board up. Material. Exactly. And Pat knows better than that. You know, but yeah. he truly believed in what he was saying. But it wasn't – He, I don't think he was dissing him at all. It's just putting it out there. And maybe a little veteranship by throwing it out there, Max, and saying, ah, there's a couple of tells. And, uh, you know, and, and maybe, you know, he's trying to get in, in, in uh, Purdy's head. But whatever it was, it didn't work out that way. But I, I look at that I go, look, he had one major slip – on that one Ayuk pass, you know, okay. Yeah. Then the second one, you show me a better coverage that you could put on on Ayuk in the corner of the end zone, and I, you know, I you couldn't, you could not cover the guy any better unless you deflected the ball, and he missed it by a, a, a quarter of an inch. I can't even believe that ball got in there. Well, and the 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 outside of just where Pat P could have deflected it, I mean. The area that he caught it was literally the size of the football. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like it was literally the proverbial threading the needle. Oh, it was. Yeah, and it was the perfect ball in the perfect place, and Ayuk was in the perfect spot. I mean, sometimes, you know, the guy has the lucky rabbit foot. You know, well, <laughs> the, let me let, the let lucky me... horseshoe is planted firmly. You know, exactly. The... Think about Pat Fryermuth's touchdown catch. That four-yarder. That guy yeah. missed it by uh, just a, an eyelash. You yeah, know what I mean? Hair. It's the yeah. same. <laughs> it was the same sort of thing. It was so close. You can't believe that he got it in there, but that's how small the windows are at the pro level. Yeah. I mean, that, but and, and that's there. That's your margin of error. Yeah. That's how good you have to be. That's how locked in and focused you have to be. You are literally – Less than an inch from being right, and also a less than an inch from being completely wrong too. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? exactly. That's, just, that's what it comes down to, and I think that's that's just just lets I think a lot of a lot of guys know. And and th- like I said, we had such a roster overhaul this off season and turnover right. of guys that. Yeah, you, you, we figured this would happen in the preseason, right, Wolf? That's where you get a little bit of the clunkiness and you would get a lot of the feelings. But because it just went so well, and I don't know if it's because of the dysfunction of the teams we played, you know, more so than what we did. Right. But 
because I look at Buffalo and Buffalo still kind of looked like the Buffalo we saw week two. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how when it got live and a team that was buttoned up and know who they are and kind of just went out and just said, we're just going to do our plan and that's it. We're going to make you bend to our will. Um, it was, it was the first team that we had seen. I mean, because, you know, listen, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, and Atlanta, granted, what, all three of those teams won their week one games? Uh, you know, it was, we, we had the number one task. Yeah. <laughs> we had the number one defense coming into town and a team that went to the NFC Championship. So it was a very tough matchup. And of those teams, I think, that were in the championship game last year, um, all of them won this week one. How about that, right? Before yeah, we I go, mean, that's that's how crazy it was. Yeah, I'm going to so pose this. I'm going to pose this to you, and we'll probably peruse this as we go along. One of the, my greatest mentors and influences in my life has been uh, John Kolb. You know, Colby is just an awesome dude, and I love that guy. Like he's he's. He's part uh, mentor, part father, part coach, part all those things because he, he the guy is just such a solid rock of a dude, right? And I one I remember one time he said to me because he 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 goes kayaking, you know. I mean, the, the guy's yeah. just nuts. You know, he'll go over waterfalls. His son Tanner is even worse. He'll go off these these thirty foot waterfalls in a kayak. Like, no, I ain't doing no, that, right? Absolutely not. That, that's, <laughs> called, that's, called, that's called tempting fate. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyhow, he said, one time he said to me, how's your flip up? And in kayaking, when you go over, which would absolutely make me bonkers, you know, all you got to do is lean forward. And if you flipped over in the kayak and then you are right yourself. Okay. But it's just yeah. execution in the moment. That is is easy, and you watch a good kayaker do it. It's like nothing, right? But that's what, in essence, Colby was talking about. When you have a poor performance, how's your flip up? All right, how are you going to handle this and turn things around? And it's really as simple as getting yourself back in the frame of mind and executing and doing it right. And I know it seems fairly simple, but you know what? When you're out there playing, Max. There's nothing simple about it. You do or you do not. There is no trying. Do or do not. There is no trying. There you go. All right, we got to go to break. We'll be back with more because I just left Max with a whole bunch of stuff to mull over, and he's going to lead the way coming back. So we'll be back here in the locker room. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. You know, you got to carry that stench for a while um, when you have a performance like that. Um, coupled with the fact, man, that it was opening weekend kind of adds to the sting, but we're big boys. Uh, we can take it. We better roll our sleeves up, man, and, and, and shift our focus toward our next opportunity. We better not forget what happened. We better learn lessons from it. That, that was uh, Mike Tomlin's press conference yesterday talking about the performance on Sunday. And Wolf, I think, 
you know, I think the best course of action is to pretty much put it this way. You are what you put on film. <laughs> and you are that for the next four weeks. Oh, yeah. In everybody's eyes. You got stench on you. I mean, Mike, Mike talks about it. And yeah. you know that feeling. I know that feeling. We've both experienced it. We've both had, had suffered through the fire and trials of, wow, that was a horrific experience. I don't ever want to repeat that. Please, let's get this thing together and get this ship righted because that is terrible. I mean, that that's that's yeah. what it's like, man. Yeah, and, and teams – all of your deficiencies, all of your blemishes, all of the warts that were Sunday, people see them for the next month. And teams are going to attack all of those perceived weaknesses or deficiencies until otherwise proven for the next four weeks. You're going to see the same exact Style and you ha- you better believe a team like Cleveland is writing down exactly what what San Francisco did because oh, yeah. they they feel they have the horses to go out and do the same exact thing, right? Absolutely. They have a Nick Bosa. Well, they have a Miles Garrett. You know, they they had a Clellan Farrell. We've got a Zadarius Smith. Right. Right. I mean, they're going they're going to pick and choose all of those things and say, we got a guy to do that. We got a, a Conquero who could, who could possibly do what a Javon Hargraves did. Sure. You know, they're going to look at that. Oh, you, you had, they had a Christian McCaffrey. We got a Nick Chubb. Yep. So you're going to see an exact similar game plan and approach and mindset to it because that's what we put on tape. We gave up 30-plus points. We only scored seven. So they're thinking, we can score on them, We and they can't score on us because that's what we saw. That's what the tape dictated. That's what the game showed us. And no better time than on primetime to show, <laughs> you know, what, what we learned from that game. And, that, and the Steelers so. know that. Yeah. The Steelers know that as well, Wolf. So it's... It's one of those things that that stench is tough to get rid of it, man. It is tough. There's no dry cleaning service. There's no, you know, there's no magic spot remover, you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you got to you got to go through the wash cycle and you got to go do a deep clean and scrub all of that to get yourself back fresh. But the but the good thing is you've got the next 4 weeks to fight. Yep. Because it happened early enough. It happened week 1 of the season that you can right those wrongs. 0-1 does not mean one and done. No. It's not the playoff no. time, right? We're at the beginning of the year. This is a long journey. And the earlier you can learn those lessons so you don't let them happen again, the better. And the Steelers are in a prime opportunity to learn from those lessons and go out. No question. No question, man. I mean, you know, you, you look at this, and again, I go back. I always draw my own experience because that's the way I can – try to um, share what's going on. You know what I mean? I go I go back to my first year as a starter in New Orleans. I had trouble with the Mike U game. Walking up in a 3-4, you got the Mike backer, and you got a, a situation where the guy is running a twist with either the no, nose tackle or the defensive end on you know, those stunts. And I, I screwed it up, you know, and it was just like, 
Gad Zooks, man. I'm that was. I'm sorry, that was in Miami uh, on a Thursday night game. I'll never forget that. It was just horrible. Got benched like three times. <laughs> uh, the only problem, the other guy was was not doing it, <laughs> getting the job done either. But the next week, I just remember it, New Orleans came at me with the same exact rush. And you know, and my offensive line coach warned me ahead of time, you're going to get the same exact thing over and over again until you prove that you can handle it. Otherwise, that's that's blood in the water. They're going to keep coming after you. And sure enough, they did. They ran it twice in the first half and a third time in the third quarter, and I shut it out all three times, and then boom, it went away. But the fact is, like you said, it's going to stay with you because the very next week, you know, I played another team, and they came a time or two with it just to test the waters. Is he daddy really learned his lesson or not? And then it went away again. You know what I mean? When you stand up and get the job done, those things will alter. But you've got to execute better. The onus is on you. It's not on game planning around the weakness that you presented to your opponent. You know, that's that's that, that it doesn't work like that. You know, you either get the job done or you get gone. That's the way it is. Yeah, it is. Get in where you fit in. And if you don't fit in, <laughs> if you Adios. don't get in and you don't fit in, hey, sayonara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Avita saying. <laughs> Do you ever, did, did, what do they call those those short pants? Lederhosen. 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 That's right. Yes. Lederhosen. There you yes. go. Who was it? Yeah. The, the ACDC guitarist, that Angus Young guy. Any the guy yeah, that wears Angus, those, yeah. those short pants? Yeah, where's, where, where's the later hosen? The later, the later hosen. Do you remember? Yeah, later hosen. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you remember in, in, in European vacation when Chevy Chase was dancing with the guys in later hosen and they were kicking oh, him in yeah. the butt? And oh, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But I mean, but but that that's kind of, you know, where, where, where it's at. I mean, and. And if you're not willing to put your hand in the pile, right, right, and stand up and be accountable, you know, one of the things, you know, that guys talked about, and this is kind of a newer phrase, which I, I absolutely love it. Uh, what's your 111th, right? Oh, uh, yeah. You are 111. I stunk at fractions, though. You know, I mean, but I there's got, only there's 11 guys on the field. Got it. I got you. One of those. We're not going any further than that, though, right? I mean, that, 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 that's it. That's okay, it. Good. That's it. Good. All right. But you have to do your 111th. Yes. And if you're accountable for your 111th of the whole, right, things are going to be okay. But do your 111th. And sometimes, you know, that 111th involves coordination with another, especially with the offensive line, right? Right. You've got to communicate. But that's also still a part of your 111th. Yep. My job is to make sure I have my guy. And if my guy goes to another guy, I need to pick up another guy. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, like, that's just as simple as it is. And then, of course, you know, for running backs, right? A running back, you know, sometimes the box is outnumbered, right? You only have six guys blocking for you, maybe a seventh, and there's eight guys in the box. Guess what, running back? That's, that's your 111th. You got to make one miss. Yep. Got to make one miss in that situation. Now, whenever all's even... Then, then that guy becomes a little bit deeper in the defensive front. He becomes a safety. He becomes a support defender or a corner to, to a degree. Now I got to go block him or make him miss because my wide receiver or my tight end is going to block another guy, you know, and that guy vacated. Like all of these things. If, I, if, if, I'm, in a pa- if I'm in a passing game, 
They drop eight and only rest three. Well, I got I, I got to thread the needle if I'm the quarterback, right? Or if I'm that, that tight end running the route or the wide receiver running the route. I've got to create space so that my quarterback can get me the ball. That's my 111. Like, everybody has their job on every side. Defense, I got to take two for one so my linebacker can, can be that free guy and he can't miss on the running back. You know, DB, I'm playing an area. Two guys come to the area. I got to see the quarterback's eyes. And when that ball break, and when that ball releases, I got to break in the right direction. That's my 111th. Like everybody has their roles. So if you handle your role to the best of your ability and everybody else does theirs, good things happen. And that's what that comes down to. It's that accountability. You know, I go over and over. My brother Ronnie uh, spent some time with Bill Belichick in Cleveland, you know, uh, and I, I, I remember him telling me he would come down the line and he would point at you and say, do your job. That's all. Do your job. Three words. But they're, they're the most important three words that you can tell a, a player. You know what I mean? Because it's like you yeah. said, it's your 111th. That's a, just another way of saying do your 111th. You know, and you have a guy like Belichick who, you know, is, is so, you know, esteemed in the world of professional football man's a walking encyclopedia of football knowledge no question about it but the fact of the matter is when he utters the words do your job he's uttering the three most important words that you could say to a player because he needs to know you've got to do your 111th and get it done that 111th can be you know if you're running the jet sweep you've got to make sure that if you're reaching with you know on an outside zone that your 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 tackles going with you. You know if you're a tight end and you get that blocking uh, done the way it's it's schematically drawn up. If it's if it's done the way it's schematically drawn up, you got a first down. You know if you got that uh, that uh, outside zone stretch with uh, the offensive line when Najee you know was banging up in there and Warner met him there and nobody came off on the second level guy. If you come off on the second level guy doing your job then Najee's going to be able to do his job and be able to run with that ball the way McCaffrey did. So, you know, it's simplified, and yet it's difficult. I get it. That's the nature of the beast that is professional football. Yes, that that you're absolutely right, and that's why we played the games. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because yeah. if it was just left to, oh, schematics and numbers and all this kind of stuff, why? what would be the necessity of playing the game? Yeah. It's the human factor in that. Right. It's the dedication, it's the sacrifice, and it's the skill and the knowledge that you have. And is our plan better than yours? And, well, okay, great. I have great schematics. I, I can draw it up great on a grease board, right? I can, put it in, I can put it in your playbook, and it looks great. X's and O's, they don't move. And when I draw lines, things get blocked, right? Yes. <laughs> but the problem is... Those X's and those O's move. They move. Those X's and those O's have heartbeats. Curses, Batman. Curses. have endurance. (laughs) Darn it, why do they have to be so alive? Right? (laughs) Yes. But but that's what this game is about. And that's why we cheer. That's why we root. Because you never know when somebody's going to play to their expectations or exceed their expectations. And then the flip side is, guys that don't live up to expectations, yeah. guys who don't perform under the pressure. And that's why pressures, it, pressure happens two ways, right? And Mike Talbot talks about this all the time. Those who apply it and those who feel it. Which yeah. one are you? Ooh. And that's why you play games. 
There you go. That's a wrap. Lamentations of a burrito roller right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will have more for you inside the locker room. He's Wolf. I'm Starks. Euler's the Ninja. And we will be back in a minute. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, I'm through with rice aroni, Max. It's done. All right, the San Francisco treat. Get Zooks, man, it's not even all rice. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. What what is it? Most of the rice products contain a rice and pasta mixture. The pasta is either Rosa Marina or something like that, a rice-shaped pasta, or cut vermicelli like spaghetti but thinner. They brown the rice huh. slash pasta mixture. Uh, it just keeps the rice from becoming like crazy mushy and sticky. We're done with that. We're done with the San Francisco treat, buddy. All right. It is not a San Francisco tree. It's a San Francisco lie. <laughs> it's not even really, it, you know, it's not rice. It's part pasta. No, it, it's a it's hybrid. It's more roni. It's more roni than rice. <laughs> That's it. It's more and it's not even macaroni. Rice. It's not even macaroni. No. Come on. Come on. That just you can't even say roni. Yeah, rice a really is, or vi- rice a chili, right? Vermicelli. You said vermicelli pasta, right? Yeah, vermicelli. Rice and chili does not sound as good. No, actually, no. actually, it does. It does sound good if you put rice in chili. Well, it's, you know, it's a the whole thing- different dish. But you're not putting chili in there. It's the vermicelli <laughs> noodle. I, I don't. I don't like that. No, it's, I, you this know, is way too much thinking about my food. It is. It is. But you got me going with the burrito thing this morning. You know that is that is true. But that I do. I, I mean, do I have. I, I've got a. Um, I got a, a question. I got to ask you: Is San Francisco built on seven nine? 50 or more than 50 hills. Think about it. All right? You got to study your I mean, opponent. I mean, that, 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 is a, that is a large distribution from 9 to 50. You're yeah, seven, think about it. 9, 50. 50 or more. Or more. <laughs> or more. Well, think about I it. I mean. Why would has, I ask that be, unless there was a, an or more, right? Yeah, yeah. There has to be an or more. There I you mean, go. There has to be way more than that. Because, yeah, what – I tried to walk, so I was in San Francisco, right? Um, yep. This was this is my senior junior year of high school, and we were there for like a service learning conference. My high school had sent us out there, right? And we we were in San Jose, and uh, no, sorry, we were in San Francisco, and we'd have the, the conference was in San Jose, but we couldn't get any hotels there, so we would take the trains. So we get back, and we're like, "Oh, we're gonna do this dinner," and, and it was like in Chinatown somewhere, and. I was like, oh, it's only a mile and a half walk. We can walk that. You know, you're young. You don't know what distances are. You're like, I'm fit. I'm good. I can walk <laughs> forever. Um, no. I mean, we walked up like, it was like four hills back oh, down. And I it's was like, brutal. Uh, I, and then we got lost because obviously we don't yep. have the technology in the 90s that we have right now at our, at our fingertips. Yes. So we're looking around. We're trying to find streets. People wrote directions down on paper 
And it was the most exhausting mile and a half I've ever yeah. watched. Those when hills you, are it, brutal. Oh my god! And I'm from Florida at this time, so it's flat. I'm used to flat, yes. you know. And, and it was oh, it was painful. So yeah, I have to go with Ormore. That place is there. You go. One it of is the hilliest. More than fifty cities. hills. You know, you god, got some crazy. of those. You got Russian Hill, Knob Hill, Telegraph Hill, Twin Peaks. But you know, those are all just crazy stuff. They got the one road, the Lombard Street, that goes back and forth. You know, with switchbacks, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But here's the thing. I was out there one time with Tunch. We we did a thing for Steelers.com way back, I don't know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, something like that. But we went to Alcatraz while we were out there. Oh, you went to the you went to the rock? To the rock, buddy. That's right. Yeah. To the rock. That was wild. Yeah, it it is. Have you it been is. there? To, yes, I I I was I was there. We went there when we were uh when we were on our trip. And it it was absolutely wild. And that water Right. Oh my God! How cold was that water? That's cold stuff, man. That's cold. You know, there's a couple yeah. of things that that really stuck out. Is you're going through the whole prison system. One, I stepped into the uh, one of the cells, and you literally can put your one palm on one wall and put your other palm on the other wall. Two guys are in that cell, and you got palms. You. That's how wide the cell is. You know, it's not yeah. wide at all. That would just no. drive you nuts. Second thing. You set out, remember, uh, there was, what is it, Escape from Alcatraz? And they show a scene where they're sitting out there outside watching the guys play baseball. And when you're yeah. sitting there, you can see and hear the things that are going on right in San Francisco. Part of it was design. You can hear, when we were out there, there was a concert playing, and you could hear the music floating over from San Francisco there. And it drive, they say it drove a lot of the, the, the inmates crazy because they wanted so badly out. And it, I, there's a there's a saying there on the wall. I saw Al Capone was was uh, in in prison there, and Al Capone said, "Alcatraz broke me like nothing else. Alcatraz just broke me." And that was crazy. That was a crazy experience, man. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It, it is, it is one of those things that, like you said, you could hear life going on around you yes but you yep. can't see it and you can't feel it and that isolation away from everything else can can be maddening i i can completely see that because i mean you look at you know just the walls right the guard towers up top and like you said yeah the narrow spaces oh. of of those cells and you have to live in that. When you're used to, like an Al Capone, right, going wherever I wanted, whenever I wanted, people right. did whatever I told them to. I had a huge house. You know, I had multiple houses. <laughs> you yeah, know, including that now, one in Miami. Yeah, the one in Miami. So, and then you go to literally, literally smaller, you know, small as a broom closet yeah. space that you have to share with another human Ugh. because it's vertical space. It is not with space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no i mean there's no way because i mean because i also like you know I, i've toured a couple of like i went to robin's island in south africa okay and you know i saw i went you know you see mandela's cell and everything oh, similar man. situation i mean but at least you had beds and bunks at uh in alcatraz they had mats on the floor oh man there unbelievable same space and it's just it's amazing you know what you put people through but you know you also realize 
if you do bad things, bad things happen to you. Absolutely. Uh, and that, that, that's the karma effect of that. So what are you going to do to not do those things to end up in places like that? I hear you. Um, well, what is, we're going to do is, is we got to go, buddy, because we got Jim Wexel coming up. And I know Wex doesn't want to spend any time in Alcatraz. Neither do I. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, none of us do. None All of right. us do. So we'll be back with more. Coming up, Jim Wexel, Steel City Insider. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 